If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Afrotech World 2021, the metaverse. Rosalind Fatima Golden Woode is a sports broadcaster, a native of New York City. She played college basketball at Stanford and the Nigerian women's national basketball team. She's also surprisingly, to some, heavy into NFTs, non-fungible tokens. I'm talking with Roz and Blavity CEO Morgan DeBond about what NFTs are, their significance, and what they mean to creators long term. So yes, there's this, you know, it's it's distinctively unique, there's only one. Um, and this is why, like, I'll say this, certainly within NFTs, there is a lot of noise, a lot of attention to big money projects, PFP avatar projects, that you're like, why is this picture selling for this amount of money? I can't say that all of this um, is 100% going to be st- standing the test of time in 10 years from now, in five years from now. The technology is new and exploding, and so there's a lot of noise in the midst of it too, but it doesn't mean that the foundation of it isn't significant. And I do, when I wrap my head around it, fundamentally, I do believe that, that it's going to be disruptive and transformational. So I'll add, like, why? Um, on top of it being one of one, it's also because it's written on blockchain, right? There's this ledger. It's a really easy way of seeing, you know, transactional history of ownership of and, and many other details. There's, blockchain don't lie and people will get caught on that. So like um, it can tell any NFT, you can tell who has owned it, how it was, how hands were traded what it was ever offered for, what was ever bid on it for, how it was sold, dates and time. Um, So because of that, I could see the technology itself being very useful for industries like, you know, real estate or, you know, 
deeds and titles. And you know, there's a number of industries that it can be disruptive for. Certainly you look at the music industry, let's go to the idea of it being like for creators, whether it's an artist or myself as a broadcaster or a celebrity or an athlete, or as we're starting to think of ourselves, even you, when you are creating anything, um, it can eliminate middlemen, you know, and it'll take you directly to your audience, to your consumer, to your fan base, and allow you to create something that now you're creating a more engaged fan and consumer. Because once they buy this, they're now more invested. They have something that they own that as you rise, so does the value of their piece. So now they're sitting here super engaged with you and, and invested in your rise. It also creates communities that are strong because you're tightening it together. We were all part of this NFT group. So we are now collaborative. We are working hard to build it together. So now you've got a more engaged community. You've got a better engagement between consumer and producer, fan and, and creator. I feel like these are all really like important reasons for NFTs to be revolutionary. Um, and I'm excited about it. Oh, and I'll say this too for artists, and I've, I'm sure you might've heard this too. Like, I think for creators, it's important because it protects you over the span of your trajectory of your career. So like, let's say Basquiat or any artist at the beginning of their career was selling at a hundred bucks for a piece. You know, that's it. You never see it again as, as it trades hands over the course of time. But because there are royalties built into the blockchain, which can never, these smart contracts hold forever, like you're constantly being protected and rewarded over the course of time and, and, and career. So I think there's a lot of things here that are exciting about the technology itself. I'm Will Lucas, Mrs. Black Tech, Green Money. I'm going to introduce you to some of the biggest names, some of the brightest minds, and brilliant ideas. If you're black in building or simply using tech to secure your bag, this podcast is for you. Deshana Spencer is founder and CEO at Quelly TV, a streaming platform featuring 500-plus undiscovered, award-winning indie films, documentaries, web series, and kids shows celebrating global black stories. Sean B is creator of Connect, the series one and two, now streaming on Quali TV. I'm talking with the platform developer and content creator about the need for our ownership of the black narrative and how media constructs our worldview when it may not be what is really happening on the ground. That's one of the reasons why I started Quali TV. It really started with me not feeling like I saw myself represented and not seeing enough stories about black life beyond black death, black suffering. I'm a former journalist, and one of the things about working in daily news is you spend so much time writing these narratives, and I really started to do some research and understood the correlation between implicit bias and media representation. And so when I started Clay TV, I really wanted to use our platform to change that, and not just from an African-American lens, but from a global lens, because um, if you think about, I, when I used to do these pitch competitions, and I would say, you know, when you think about Black fathers, when you think about um, people on welfare, all these negative stereotypes, um, this media sometimes sees that as like, there are no Black fathers. We know Black fathers are more likely to be engaged with children than, than any other group. We know that white, Black women don't represent the welfare, right? You know, um, but that's kind of what we've been fed. And even outside of the U.S., as a kid, I used to watch these, these um, like, I guess, commercials and you would see Africa and the only thing you would see would be children with flies in their faces, people in poverty or, or, or child soldiers. And 
And it shows like a very negative view about Africa. And it wasn't until I started doing my own research and learning about, you know, what life, what life was like on, you know, on the continent. I was like, well, that doesn't represent what I've seen. And I really want to change that. And it literally just started with me doing my research, talking with content creators, seeing what was out there and saying, we're not seeing these stories. The, the mainstream media is sort of packaging this um, view of, about the Black experience without, I would say, people who look like us green lighting those experiences or not enough of us. And so I really wanted to have a space in which we are the ones who control the narrative. We give content creators like Sean Bean opportunity to show what it really means to be a millennial uh, in Atlanta <laughs> authentically without some of the lay stereotypes we sometimes see in mainstream media. So Sean, I want you to chime in on this too, because you know, even domestically, this happens, you know, people have a perception of Atlanta that, you know, may not always be true. In many cases, it might be true, but in not all cases that we're fed by media. So talk to us about a little bit about how you introduce people to the culture of a space that, you know, you develop content around. Yeah, yeah. you know, I'm sorry, you said Sean B or Sean, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sean, Sean, I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead. sorry. Sean, Wait, Sean. The Sean is Sean. I was <laughs> it's all good. All good. All good. Yeah. Um, I mean, really with Connect, it was more so just kind of like what Deshaun just said, like showing stories that I'm not seeing myself represented. Right. I didn't really see a lot of young, early 20s stories about being black and being Atlanta, still just trying to figure it out. Right. And figure out what it means to balance life and work and relationships and, you know, really try to figure out what do you want to do in life. And I was like, well, I'm in Atlanta, you know, where a lot of black cultures at why not just show my experiences and some of my friends' experiences and create a story out of that and see what it turns into? You know, for both, I want both of you guys to chime in this and I'll start with you, Deshaun. So um, we're not monolithic, right, as a people. And, but it can, it can be additionally hard for us to accept ourselves when we, our kids or others in our culture don't, you know, have Pooh Shiesty as our favorite rapper you know, or, you know, there are other stereotypes that we may not adhere to. So how, how can we gain traction with content that may not be mainstream for Black folks, you know, so, or is that something you have to focus on? So let's say I'm into science fiction, like how do we create content and build business models on that content when not all of us, you know, like a specific thing as a, as a distribution channel, I'm asking. It's interesting because like, I remember initially I was starting Quilly TV, investors would say, black people only want to watch Ratchet, black people, you need to partner with World Star Hip Hop. That's the only way you'll be successful. Like, well, there is a segment of our community that me like, you know, World Star Hip Hop or Real Housewives or whatever, but it doesn't represent all of us. And so I think the beautiful thing about having a platform like Clay TV is that we're able to show different sides of, of the black experience. So like you mentioned science fiction, there are black people who love science fiction, there are black people who like documentaries. There are black people who want to see history. They want to see um, historical fiction. Like they, there, are, there are so many. Um, there are just so so many types of stories that we can tell. And so uh, for me, I think that I didn't really think about like I didn't adhere to stereotypes. I know the type of content that I like. I know there. I know my friends and my family members weren't monolithic when the type of content that they wanted to see. And I just said. 
I'm going to show the content that we may not see in mainstream media because mainstream media thinks we don't want to watch it, right? And so um, if you look at our data, documentaries, sci-fi, that's, that's our number one genre, children's programming, right? I mean, those the type of stuff you don't, sometimes don't see on other platforms, that's what people are more likely to watch on Quilly TV. And so for me, it's really important to sort of dispel those myths about what Black people want to watch. And I'm always excited to share that with investors or potential investors who, who automatically assume that, you know, we only want to watch one type of thing. And I think the challenge for content creators is, and sometimes I speak at events, they want to say, well, what does your audience want to see? Like, no, I tell them, what do you want to make? Like what, you know, what Sean B did, right? Like he saw me, he wanted, he created something that he wanted to build versus saying, I think this is what's cool and hot right now. Everyone's watching this particular genre. So I'm going to make something based off of what I think a lot of people want to watch. And for us, a lot of the content that we end up picking on Clay TV is because the creator said, I want to tell the story. This story has been in my heart. This, this is something I really wanted to see and I created, whether it was a documentary, historical fiction, or some sci-fi, some interesting sci-fi that they created, or even a horror, right? And I think that's how a content creator, that's what we want to see from content creators. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of Black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. 
Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Yeah, and Sean, you know, chime in on this because I'm, I'm interested in your, from a perspective of a content creator, like what kind of, what is it content creators like you need? Is it, you know, that courage or is it that support, that, that resources to go create that content that might play on the edges? Yeah. If that's what you desire to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a couple of things, right? Like one, it's that courage, right? It's to take that leap of faith to just go out and make something because I have a very, you know, pretty big production background and was always doing music videos here and there. But, you know, my end goal was to always get into narrative narrative work, into some type of scripted storytelling. And I remember it was like 2017. I was like, all right, Sean, it's time to stop doing that. Stop doing the music videos and really just write something and just put it out there. I don't care if it's a hit. I don't care if it's trash. Like, just go out and make something because who knows where it could go, right? So 2018 came, well, end of 2017 came around, wrote a script. And I was like, Sean, your one goal for 2018 is to make this, just make it like, just do it. And did that. And it was completely self-funded by me. So, you know, resources is kind of like, I I have this thing where I, I don't like to rely on people like too, too much, you know, especially when it's my baby, my idea, my project, I'm like, okay, you know, cause I don't want to blame anybody else, but myself, if it fails, you know, so um, resources is a big thing, you know, having the money to actually do that. And of course you have family members, you know, you do some GoFundMe here and there to have people support you, which every little bit helps. Um, but it's really just that determination and courage and perseverance just to keep going um, and do it. And you'll actually be surprised the amount of people that will support you when you, maybe not financially, but, you know, will encourage you to keep going and will actually watch your content once you put it out there. Uh, it's very scary, you know, cause you're like, dang, what if, it, what if, what if it's trash, you know, and um, you just have to trust in yourself and believe in God and do put your best foot forward and just say, Hey, you have to start somewhere. Because I think when I was writing connect, one thing I saw was like, Game of Thrones and Insecure, like those original scripts is not what you saw on the TV screen, right? The original scripts were completely different. You know, maybe some things are the same, but, you know, you just have to trust in yourself and just put it out. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, ownership of content. We'll start with you, Deshaun. So, you know, talk about how you as a platform think about, you know, the social conference, a mainstream conversation we're having about, you know, being able to own what you create, right? And so, especially when so many artists can, you know, go directly to their, you know, audience as a platform, Deshaun, like, how do you think about creating a space to where they can be, you know, a coordinated effort around, you know, amplifying our content? For us, our content creators, we see them as partners. Um, and if you see you see some of the mainstream platforms or some of the headlines, you've seen many of some black creators who left, I won't name the platforms, but didn't take certain deals because those platforms didn't want to give them any kind of ownership, right? They just wanted to basically want them to write the script and say, we own it, right? And so 
the difference between us, like, you know, the content creator owns the content. We're just getting a licensing deal to, to stream it on our platform. And so the reason we do that is because we want our filmmakers to be successful and success for us means ownership. And just like, I want to own my streaming service and I, you know, we don't have a lot of investors so I own majority of my company. I think it's important for our content creators to also be able to, to have that option to say, I own this, whatever money comes in, we get it, we get a big chunk of it. And so that's so important to me. And I think for a lot of content creators who are really focusing on trying to get those deals, sometimes we'll compromise ownership just for the sake of being on a platform. And that's kind of what really makes us different from, from a lot of the streaming services in which we say, no, this is your baby, you own it. Um, I know from a business perspective, it may not be what, you know, a lot of platforms think is, you know, maybe smart, but I think, you know, because for us, we're about collective ownership, you know, when it comes within the black community and collective means sharing our wealth. And, and that's what we do at Collectivity. 60% of our revenue goes to our content creators. We pay, uh, we pay them every single quarter faithfully. And, and I show them what our 6% revenue looks like. They see how much we make and they can calculate, you know, if they, if they yeah. wanted to, the 100%, you know, uh, we keep open books. We want to be very transparent with our content creators about, you know, the health of our company. And as we grow, then they grow. And I, go ahead. I, I think that's like one of the greatest things about, you know, the deals with Quayley TV is just that you are having that ownership. You are able to see that data and your content is literally out there for the entire world to see, right? It's not just on, you know, Netflix, which is cool or whatever, but you know, where it's a specifically black owned um, streaming platform for a lot of black content creators. Like when I'm telling people, oh yeah, connect is on Quayley TV, you know, go check out connect, but there are so many other types of stories that are on this platform to support black artists, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly where I wanted to go. So Deshaun, I was wanting to talk to you about like the engineering of this. So like if the best way I can like give a parallel here is like if I'm, you know, on TikTok and, and I'm getting a lot of views, they're going to suggest me as, you know, somebody, other people who don't follow me should follow. Same thing with, you know, other platforms. How does it work on Quelly where if I'm, if I've created good time, good content, I'm Sean and, how does how do people find Sean if they didn't come looking for Sean? So um, for us, we do a lot of social media, social media advertising, and we also do have recommendations on the website. I will say that what makes us different from other platforms that we don't necessarily rely on an algorithm for people to find content, because to me that is we we're talking when I'm trying to I, I don't want to like poop on other platforms, so I'm trying to say in a way it's not like trying to like you know. <laughs> Shade on others, but when early on I started Quake TV, I talked with filmmakers and said, you know, what are some of the pain points you're hearing or seeing or, or having on other platforms? Number one was the algorithm, right? And so we know that we rely on the algorithm to find certain content on these other platforms, but if it could be a really great film, and if someone didn't watch it, the algorithm won't, won't find it and people won't see the film. So our approach is, is very different. We don't have hierarchy. We don't show favoritism. All of our filmmakers are promoted equally on the platform. We actually have like a little spreadsheet and, and, and schedule and, and a rotation schedule. Okay, this film was, was promoted this day. And so we're gonna make sure three weeks from now. So like everyone gets seen on what is on social media, whether it's through our email newsletter, everyone who's added to the platform gets noticed in our email newsletter. Everyone sees who they are. We have something called quality creators in which we promote them 
on like our social media channels. We have podcasts and blogs. We do everything we can to promote our content creators outside of an algorithm. We even take it a step further where, you know, one of the things we learned from our content creators, we used to have our content in alpha order, like by all titles. We changed that because we started to learn that customers are lazy. They're going to get through like F or G, H, I, yeah. and then they're never going to go to like the, you know, Sean B would be cool. His his connect, right? Some of the films with the teasing and all of that, like people would not take the time to scroll. And so what we do every month, we rotate all titles. So people don't always see the same thing when they first go to our title section. So we're very conscious about making sure everyone's seen. Like that's super important to us. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. So, Deshaun, like when you started this company, because you have a two-sided ecosystem, a marketplace, or I should say, it's like you got to have the viewers in order to get the Sean B's, and you got to have the Sean B's in order to get the viewers, right? And so Mm -hmm. how in the early days of starting a platform like this, where you have this two-sided marketplace where nothing works without the other, you know, how do you get those early buy-ins from both parties? Oh my God, I didn't know how I was gonna get anyone, right? And so, and, and also like my background's in journalism. I didn't start out in film or television or distribution. I didn't know what I was doing. 
And so um, I initially just started talking with filmmakers. That was like the first thing I wanted to do because if I'm building a streaming service that I know will have these authentic stories that people can't find anywhere else and I want to get good customers, I need to first talk to amazing filmmakers. And so I literally spent six months talking with filmmakers from around the world, asking them what they wanted to see, if they had a platform, um, and then start asking them for their content. And then they didn't know me from Adam. <laughs> and, um, and then from there, that's when I started talking with potential customers about what do you want to see in a streaming service? What type of a Black-owned streaming service? Like, and, and then basically marrying the two together and coming up with the first crop of stories for the platform. We launched our beta. We, we had like 38 great filmmakers who were nice enough to give us the content. We didn't know whether or not we were going to be successful, but we just really wanted to test the wires out with these really unique stories. And that's pretty much how it got started. I think for any company, right? I think that's the best way, the way to go, right? You, you, you talk to customers, potential customers and say, what do you want to see? And that's kind of how we got started. So, Sean, I, I want to ask you this same question. Like from she said, she went out and talked to, you know, all these content creators and, you know, some of them bought in from your perspective as one of those people developing content. Like, I guess the alternatives for you, if if it doesn't get to one of those other platforms that, you know, I, we won't name, you know, I guess it's putting it up on like a YouTube or like a Vimeo or like. So, like for you, what is the value proposition? I would say like one of the biggest things is that you're getting paid off of this, right? You don't have to really worry about getting 10,100 K views on YouTube before making a dime, right? You want, you want for your end game, you want to be on a streaming platform. And that's something that Deshana has already created where it can reach people all across the globe and still get paid for it. Because while you're getting paid for it, one, you know, we all have bills, so you can pay off those bills, but then also you can use some of that money to fund your next project that you hopefully then get you on Quayley TV again. And then, you know, you just kind of create that cycle um, where that's money in your pocket and money in Deshaun's project pocket so that eventually, you know, we can make a huge Quayley TV original that, you know, just goes crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. Cause I think about, you know, one of the biggest platforms I'll name the show, but I won't talk about the platform. It's already come up, but you know, one of the ways it broke out in recent years was the show like Orange is the New Black. Like that was a show that helped people get aware that there was this thing out there that they can subscribe and watch shows. Mm -hmm. And so I guess my question for you is like, you know, what are some of the challenges you face with attracting attention from, you know, viewers? You know, when we live in an attention economy, everybody's fighting for attention. Is it purely about acquiring viewers, like users of your platform, Deshaun, or is it about simply creating content that might break through the noise? So are you looking for that one show that just like blows everything out the water and now there's millions of eyeballs looking for where the heck did this thing come from? Finding customers is challenging, um, especially in the early days because people, you know, people don't know who you are, they don't know you exist. Um, and the, I would say expectation for customers is super high, right? Um, the major streaming service, the first one, you know, you mentioned, we'll say the name, right? Netflix, right? Um, they basically create this bar for, for all of us to try to reach. And when I tell people like um, Netflix, like Usain Bolt, right? Like super fast, like <laughs> I'm, we're, we're, we're running slower than, than Hussein, but we can still be in the game. We may, you know, not be first place, but we can still 
we can have our niche in their market. And so um, for me, getting customers is all about having amazing content, like number one. I think that the approach that Netflix took initially with having like Orange, I think they had two like original shows, like Orange is New Black and Breaking, is it Breaking Bad? Breaking, no, Bad, Breaking Bad, yeah. Yeah. No, Breaking Bad was on AMC. That was that was the one. That was their breakout show. It was um, the the show the the Washington DC show. I can't I can't think of it right now. Oh, House of Cards. Yeah, I know. Yeah, House of Cards. Yeah. Yeah, House. Yes, yes. That was it. They didn't have you know Tiger King. It was literally just those two shows. But they were really amazing shows. And so um, for us, you know, I think that's important. Like our goal is not to. But you saying boat and try to have a million shows out the bat, but really like having it connect and, and having another really amazing original series that we can really build the build the business off of, while also at the same time still having a space for content creators who've been in festivals, who've won awards, to have a home for their films. Because I think the challenge that a lot of black creators are having is the big players start spending billions of dollars creating with your programming that now if you have an idea for a show or have an idea yeah. for a film that's been a festival, they're not coming for it because they're spending so much of their time and energy making their own content. And if they do acquire it, they're not promoting it because they spent maybe $50 million on something else, you know, and they're going to promote what they spent their money on. And yeah. so um, I think for us, as long as we're making sure we're, refreshing our content, being fresh, being um, authentic. I think that's that will set us apart. But yeah, abs you're absolutely right. I, we are in a time where people are looking for that one hit show they're gonna come back to. But also at the same time, <laughs> even with this, um, having one hit show will automatically mean you're gonna, it's gonna be super success. You And as someone who has a streaming service who's done a lot of research, you look at like HBO Max or HBO, for instance, once Game of Thrones left, they lost like 40% or 20, like 25% of their customers yeah. overnight. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like people like- I'm, I'm like one of those people. Like, as soon as the show is <laughs> off, it's like, okay, stop the subscription. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, and, I'm and one so, of those people. And that's why Netflix, oh, oh snap. Okay, we just can't have Orange New Black and House of Cards. We constantly had this, this you know, meal of, of content. Um, and so I'm very mindful of that before we, you know, start really having originals like that, we want to, we do want to make sure that we're able to have something lined up yeah. that people just yeah. don't like, okay, well that ended back quickly, like, no, but also at the same yeah. time too, like we're looking beyond just content. We want to really build community around our platform. So, you know, um, events and gamification and, and live chats and all these different things, loyalty, like creating like loyalty programs and stuff like that to keep people engaged. So they're like, okay, if I stick around for the next show, I'll get a free shirt or I'll get a VIP access to a film festival, things like that to keep people engaged where it's not yeah. all, all about the next project or something that's transactional. You know, Sean, she said something that I thought was super important. And I want to ask you from the position of a content creator. And she, she mentioned like, you don't have to necessarily be the fast, like the Usain Bolt to have a thriving, you know, business. And I think so often in our culture, particularly when you're talking about startups, but in general, you know, what Instagram and such has done is make, is make you feel like if you're not the number one person then you can't build a life. So you don't necessarily have to be you yourself. You don't have to be, you know, rest in peace, like John Singleton, to have a really good life as a content creator. You can make, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, a million dollars a year, whatever, and not have that big blockbuster thing, but still live a really good life 
being a content creator. So I wanted you to speak from the perspective of, you know, what are you chasing when, when you are trying to develop content? Is it more so about the purity of getting your story out or is it you are trying to be, you know, that I'm just trying to like to her earlier point, they said, well, what does your audience want? Like, no, what do you want to make? Like, how do you think about that from a content creator standpoint yourself? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I would say for me, of course, you want your story to get out there um, and you want people to, you know, take something away from it. But one thing that's big for me is really impacting the next generation and telling them that they can control their narrative and that they can see me, some regular guy from Atlanta who created something and that they can do the same thing and that they can tell their story and that their story doesn't have to be black trauma, doesn't have to be, you know, gang banging or something like that, or an athlete that they can show, you know, being a black millennial or, you know, a young black person in their certain city achieving, they want to be a doctor, they want to be a lawyer, oh, I'm struggling to pass the bar, things like that, and showing those different types of story, stories, you know, and, and like you brought up uh, the monolith earlier to show that, you know, that these kids can do sci-fi if they want to, and not just, you know, silo them into one lane, but that there are so many lanes that they can get into. So that's another thing that I think about when I'm creating these stories, because I want my characters to have, to be multifaceted, you know, and to have all these different layers so that a little kid who's seven or eight, nine or 10, seeing that character, like, oh, that character actually resonates with me. And I want to now create something based off of the character I saw in, connect or whatever it may be. Yeah. So people want to learn more about Quilly TV, Deshaun, like what, where do I go? What do I, if I have an Apple TV, like, like, what do I do? So you can go to the website. Let me get the, uh, <laughs> oh, we have plenty of shirts too on the website, but it's uh, K-W-E-L-I-TV. If you are on any of our apps uh, or any apps like Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, Android TV, iOS, Google Play for Android, you just type in KWELI TV and you can just download our, download our app. And we're also on social media Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. We have a TikTok account. We haven't quite uh, <laughs> posted there yet, but that's the future. <laughs> yeah. And Sean, be, people want to learn more about you and your work and what you're working on. Like, how do people learn more about you? Absolutely. Uh, you can follow me at Sean Bartley on Instagram and then at underscore Sean Bartley on Twitter. Um, yeah, come come find me. Let's chat. Let's talk about what projects you have going on. Um, you know, if you need any advice or anything like that. And um, yeah, let's chat. We're talking black content. Appreciate you guys. Deshaun, Sean B. Really appreciate you guys spending time with us. Appreciate you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. All right. Black Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech on the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. It's produced by Morgan DeBond and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Love Beach and Marissa Lewis. Special thank you to Micah Davis, Adam Sims, and Sakara Savanyan. You know, like the wine? Yes, that's his real name. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. Enjoying Black Tech Green Money? Leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Go get your money. Peace and love. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. 
It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.